0: This episode is a recorded presentation from our TraderLine conference. I'm your host, Richard Moakland. This episode is brought to you by TraderLine University, where thousands of students learn from US investing champions, veteran traders, and market legends to level up their trading. Click the link in the description for an exclusive offer. This podcast is also sponsored by Interactive Brokers. At Interactive Brokers, you can trade the global markets with sophisticated and effective order execution. To learn more, click the link below. And with that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. All right, welcome back everybody. It's my honor to introduce my former professor and good friend, Dr. Eric Wish, who basically got me started learning about stocks after I took his class at the University of Maryland, the introduction to uh, the stock market and technical analysis. Dr. Wish, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm really looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, thank you, Richard. I am so excited to be here. And, um, you know, you might think that my course was really good, but, you know, I've had several, perhaps a couple of thousand people take it. And there's only one person who's done what Richard Moglin has done. So it's all about you and your special skills that you have brought. So I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Um, The other thing is, you know, I tend to talk about setups. And today I feel like you set me up. You put me after David Ryan and John Boyd, two of my favorite people. And I sat through that and I said, oh my God. And you know what, it turns out after I heard it, so much of what I say, well, I'm gonna say correlates well with what they said, but it's probably a little simpler because I'm type, kind of a simple guy. Mm-hmm. But David Ryan, I met at um, Mark Minovini's um, workshop in 2016, and he was there with his son. And this is Mr. Humility. I mean, what type of a person wins a contest three years in a row and then tells you that he didn't the fourth. I mean, that was just amazing. And um, I want everyone who's listening to know that the chapter in which he's interviewed with um, in Market Wizards book, yeah. I assign that to all of my students because that chapter is the most succinct discussion of how he uses Can Slim that i've ever seen and it's it's almost like a recipe where i do this do this i do this i do that whatever and it's just phenomenal i recommend that to everyone i was sort of afraid to come in here today because one of the things i was going to say is that i'm going to show you some techniques where you don't have to spend your time looking for like cup and handles and double bottoms and all that stuff and i was afraid of that and then david says you don't have to follow cu- cu- cups cup and handles, all you gotta do is draw a line, draw the right line. And what I'm going to show you everyone today is what I think is the right line to draw. That makes it a lot easier to find stocks that are breaking out. Um, also, as I say, like he said, he said to be very simple. And um, I just wanna, um, if David's listening, I wanna tell him that um, when I was there at the conference, the workshop in 2016, just so he remembered remember me. And I'm telling you this because um, I think it would be helpful to some people listening. Um, David wanted to know how to get in his watch list a variable that would tell him where a stock was in relation to its its bar that day. So if he's looking at a daily bar, what, you know, can I sort my watch list by stocks that are very close to the top of the bar versus low? And um, he asked someone in the audience and he was trying to do it and think a swim. People couldn't help him. And then I turned to this, this person in the audience. I said, tell him. And all that is is a stochastic with, with a with a duration of one. And the stochastic will then give you a number of one if you're at the top of the bar that you're looking at, and and um, zero if you're at the bottom. So anyway, um, thank you uh, to David, and um, I wanted to say one more thing. Um, his son was there, and he was coaching his son, and I was thinking, gee, um, what a gift that David was given to Sean, his son. But really. Uh, parents will understand what I'm saying. What a gift Sean was giving to his dad to let him coach him in this. Because most of us know who have kids and young adults, having a parent coach them is not always easy. So it says a lot for the way um, David brings up his family. Now for John Boyd, um, I love his work, his, um, his tweets on new highs and new lows helped me to get out of the market and sensitized me to that in November. And I'll show you a little bit about that. Um, but, and by the way, David Ryan doesn't tweet much, but it is amazing when he tweets because he really tells you what he thinks of the market and you really should watch that. Now, when I was listening to all of these, these speakers, um, I noticed while people talk about personal psychology, there's one issue that hasn't been discussed. And I just want to alert the audience to this. And that is, um crowd psychology the psychology of the crowd and um john i'm sure john by boy knows about it but there's this book i went to my library and pulled it out i don't know if you can see it can you see that
0: uh, the background is covering it a little bit up so you should probably read the title
1: all right it's basically extraordinary popular delusions and the madness of crowds it was written for the first time in 1841 but there have been several editions and bernard baruch whom we all know he wrote one of the forwards to the edition, and he basically said this book helped to save him millions. And you know, he did it in 1932. I assume he means he got out of the crash because he understood that he was in the middle of the 20s of the roaring 20s, a mania, probably much like what we were in, involved in last year in this market. So it's good to know that there is a crowd psychology of how the society relates to the market that affects it. And you have to be aware of that, you know, it's sort of like if I have friends who are making money on the, on the market and someone else says that, and someone on TV says that, and before you know it, there's this, this, this mania that occurs where everyone thinks they got to be in and they're missing out and the whole thing. All right. So, um, I wanted to mention a couple of other things um, from listening to the people. Um, Joe, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Joe Farmy. He said, people should think about, you know, especially new people buying 10 shares. I tell my students, now that there's no commission, you can buy one share. See if you can try and learn setups. If you can't make money with one share, then don't go to more shares, okay? This is for people starting out. I love listening to Brian Shannon and his talks about stage analysis and the direction of averages. And I just want to mention this because I'm going to, stage analysis, and a lot of what I'm going to be showing talks about the 30 week moving average, okay? And what, very few people. I think John just mentioned it. Maybe da- maybe David did too. The direction of the average is important too. If you if you're calculating a 30 week moving average, that means each week you add the most recent price, and you add you do, you um, throw out from the average from the computation of the average 31 weeks out. Right. So think about it. If that average is coming down, it means the price now is lower than it was. 31 weeks ago. That is telling you something about the market. You should think You should think of that. The other thing I wanna just mention is Pat Walker has come and spoken to my, my class, as in Mark Minervini, and um, uh, the students love both of them. I'm different from most of your speakers because I'm not a full-time trader. I have a full-time position. I run something called the Center for Substance Abuse Research at the University of Maryland. It's nice to have a paycheck and I haven't had to depend on the market. But so I have the drugs, And my second passion, right, is the stock market. What is the point? They're both really addictions, at least they are for me. Okay. But I am not glued to my monitor each day. I have a job to do other than this. My students, they're young. I've got a class of 150 students in September that I'll be teaching and they can't stay and watch the market all day. And many people don't want to. So what I'm going to do is talk about some approaches that are really simple, I think. We can keep you on the right side of the market trend and the right side of a stock, okay? And um, I um, have done well over the years. I started doing this in the around 1964, um, made all the mistakes, but studied, like John says, you have to study them, you have to study mistakes, everyone has said that. I have protected my university, 403, 457, and my IRA, where I do most of my trading, I was out of the market, no kidding, in cash in 2000 decline, in the 2008 decline, in 2020 decline, and in the current decline. And I'm gonna show you, you know, talk to you about that. You know, you don't have to stay in the market as a lot of these experts have said. Finally, I wanna say, I am not selling anything. You know, when I teach at the university and I teach my courses, I don't get paid to teach them. I don't, all the money that comes in for any of my courses goes directly to the university. I am trying to help young people learn learn what I wish someone had taught me at their their age. And when I teach my course, basically, I wanna just tell you, I have tools and all of these tools are donated to my students during the semester. So TC2000, investors.com, IBD and Marketsmith are all free to my students to use during the semester. And they come out being able to use all these tools. I think it's a travesty that the university does not teach financial literacy. So in this January, I will be launching at the University of Maryland, the Center for Financial Literacy Education or CEFL. I am not today, by the way, gonna talk specific setups. This is gonna be different. I wanted to create today a presentation that was different from last year. I have never presented a lot of this stuff. Some of the material that I present, I will basically um, go over quickly and say go to the go to last year's tape because I want you to I want to focus on the new the new stuff. Okay, you can go to my blog, um, you can go to the webinars. There's a tab there. You can go to the webinars that I've done for AAII and others. And um, and what I what I tell my students and I'm telling you is you don't have to believe anything I say. I'm going to tell you what has been useful for me. You need to make your own rules. You need to try these things out. Take what you think you can use and what you don't wanna use, ignore. My final warning is when I say the word CHART, that's C-H-A-R-T with a Boston accent. Okay, so. A year ago, I told you that when I was running my presentation, I said that David was running my entire IT. He was an IT genius and he really helped me. he helped. He was. He helped organize all the teaching assistants for the class. Well, last Jan, December we finished teaching 150 students. He and his daughter, David and his daughter, took a course to build a, sa- a sailboat. And he sent me all these pictures from when he was doing it. Sent it to our whole center. And um, in February they went out on the maiden voyage. And he sent me a beautiful picture of him and his daughter out there. They were so excited. And then in mid-February they went out on a day with a lot of wind the boat capsized and they tried to swim the shore. She made it, younger daughter, but he died of hypothermia. So I am still, I didn't know if I was gonna be able to make this presentation today, but um, with your help Richard on some of the things I've been able to pull things together. I will be offering the course again. And I just wanna dedicate today's presentation to Richard. Do you wanna, I know you work more closely with him than me. You might wanna say something short about it, um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just want to say uh, without David, I would not be where I am today. I, I you know, he's an invaluable part of the course that you teach, Dr. Wish, and he did a fantastic job of, of teaching the students incredibly patient and also managing all the TAs. It's incredibly hard. And and um, yeah, the, the course wouldn't be the same without him. And, you know, I was incredibly grateful to, to, to meet him He's such a kind guy. And he was also incredibly supportive of my YouTube channel, the Python programs, everything. So, uh, yeah. I. It's uh, it was very sad to hear and and I miss him a lot. Yeah.
1: Thank you Richard and as I say you helped me update some of the things that Richard used to do for me. So thank you. All right. By the way, Richard Richard um, this is his slide. This is Enron. Basically, I am going to talk to you about some stocks even currently. They are not recommendations. I am not a a professional financial person. I can't recommend I don't make recommendations. I'm trying to just Teach you things that I've learned that might be of use to you. Okay, I have been written up by IBD in their real paper, Real Success. This was in 2009. I've done AI presentations. If you want to know more about my history, there's a whole uh, long interview that Les Masonson, he's written a great book, by the way. Les Masonson, he interviewed me. There's a 10 page interview about my history and what I type, teach in the class. Um, I In 2005, I entered the Barron's. Um, stock trading challenge. It was a virtual portfolio. I entered the, the, um, the um, division for, for um, business school for faculty, even though I had never taught this and wasn't teaching. I came in fifth. I used this as, as to get credibility with the university to say, I'd like to teach this. This is my second passion. And I've been teaching my course now since 2006. All right, this is what I teach. The mantra of the course is in an uptrending market by visionary rocket stocks that are bouncing off of support uh, that are oversold or they are breaking through resistance on above average volume. Um, when you think about it, almost all of these people were making money with these technical setups. They're picking stocks that have climbed, have climbed, rested, formed the base and then break out, okay? It takes me 14 weeks to teach students how to do this, but I'll tell you at the end of the 14 weeks, they're using all these tools They know about the market. They probably know more about the 95% of the people in the market. Okay. Uh, You've never seen this, Richard. Um, You know, Jared this morning said, people's confidence in trading goes up and down with how they're doing, how the market's going. So I, um, the students in my class, after about six weeks of of extensive reading and lectures, get a $100,000 virtual portfolio to manage. And basically what I asked them to do, they're all buying stocks like growth stocks, like the reflecting the QQQ. And so I asked them every week to say how confident they felt in their trading. And this shows, the blue line shows how, right here, how confident they are. And the red line is basically the QQQ here. And basically when you do a correlation, the correlation between two is 0.92. And, you know, in social science, you don't get much higher than 0.9 as a correlation. What that means is people's confidence in their ability to trade went up and down with the market. And I would suspect there are quite a few people out there who feel the same way, because I know when I have a real bad period, I'm, I'm questioning, you know, what do I know, you know? All right. I'm not gonna go over all these books. These are on my, my blog. I just wanna tell you a couple. Stock Investing for Students by Alan Ellman, who also has two books on covered calls. That's what he's known for. Um, that book I assigned to the students, it's a wonderful book to give a young person in high school or college who knows nothing about fundamentals or technicals. He covers the jargon of investing. He has a great chapter on technicals as an introduction. Um, I'm going to talk more about Davis. These are two of his books. I, as you know, just now there's a third book. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, this book turned me around. I read it sometime in the 60s, and wow, that just made a, the whole difference for me. Um, I also had Stan Weinstein's book, which made a huge difference. And then um, so my students read Davis, Gustavus, you don't have to know anything about the market. You learn about the market as he did. Then I have Weinstein. And then I, of course, have O'Neill's How to Make Money in Stocks. I never made money in the market until I got IBD in the 80s and started using trading stocks in their um, IBD-100 at that time. Phenomenal newspaper then and and today. Um, I don't don't assign, if you want to learn how to make money selling stocks, short, this is really good too. Um, Another book you may want to look at is The Complete Turtle Trader. Um, these are two books by Boyk. The turtles are a phenomenal um, group of people who made millions. They, they took a course and, they, and, and the, the chapter in this book on technical analysis of what they did to trade commodities is superb. Finally, uh, Mark Minervini, I told you I met him um, in 2016 at his workshop. When I told him that I teach this course, he was just so amazed. And he said, let me help you. And he basically comes to my class a couple of times. He came to my honors class. I don't remember if you were there, Richard. And he gave everyone a copy of his book. He's an amazing guy. And um, this is the second book. Um, Mark likes to say he only had an eighth-grade education, but you know, if you talk to him and you want, you listen to him and you read his books, he has a brilliant mind and a very sharp mathematical mind. He he uses trading. He approaches trading as a business. And his risk his his formulas and his, his approach to risk are just amazing okay and this is when um david and i they are thanking him for when he came to the class all right this is my outline for today all right i'm going to talk a little bit about the gmi and the market trend then about t 2108 bottoms i'm going to talk about my green line breakouts and then i'm going to show you three analyses i did well actually these two here that i did i've never done before and i did them to and you'll see them all right and then i did the um I showed you about the GMCR GMCR signal in 2009. I'm gonna introduce yellow band stocks, which I talked about last year, and I've changed them and made them more modern and I think more effective in weekly 1030 charts. Then I'm gonna talk about some of these indicators I'm showing and how they relate to what Minervini did in his recent championship win. And then I have um, key takeaways. Now, I hope we're gonna have time because I wanna show you a couple of demos and how you can use, I'm using TC2000 to find basically the types of stocks I'm talking about. Okay, this is my blog. I do it every night after the market closes. It tells you here, the GMI, which I'm gonna talk about in a minute. It also tells you T2108. Every Sunday, every weekend, I publish the GMI table, which, all right, which consists of six indicators that I um, I rate every night as yes or no. By the way, one of them um, one of them is at least 100 new highs today out of 5,000. This was out of 5,000. It's now out of a higher number. But the point is, if you're going to look at stocks that are new highs, which a lot of people are saying, don't you want there to be some stocks hitting new highs, that it's a market that will, that will bring stocks to new highs? 100. So I want there to be at least hundred. Then there are these other indicators. I'm not gonna go over them now. The GMI 2 is just something to keep me, um, keep me on top of these indicators. I do not use it. Now, this is, la- this is last night's. So after, after yesterday's close, the GMI is zero. None of these indicators are positive, all right? When the GMI is four, five, or six, you can make money in growth stocks. When it's zero, you gotta be out of the market or or short. And I'll show you that in a minute, okay? This is the GMI signals applied to QQQ from 2006 to June, 2021, okay? Basically, this is when it was red. So you can see during, like most of the 2008 drop, it was always red. Look at 2016, 2019, look at the COVID drop, red. I got out of the market. All right, that's then. Now, when is it red or green? It's down here at the bottom. If it's above the GMI is above three for two consecutive days, it turns green. If If it's below three for two consecutive days, it turns red and stays red until it turns green. All right, this is going to June, 2022. This is look at recent, okay? You can look at this later. You don't have to see this now. This is the most recent. And Richard Richard updated these charts for me by the way. I gave him the numbers and he updated them, okay? Look at 2020. Anyway. All right. Now um I I posted this on November 21st of last year. I said day 25 of the QQQ short-term uptrend. I started this blog in 2006 to share with people what I was doing in the market having escaped the 2000 market carnage and later that in 2008, I am concerned by what I see right right now. See my blog for detail. My next day's post was this. All right. Short-term uptrend, but there were 438 new lows and 232 new highs and and an index that was climbing. And I was sensitized to this from what John Boycott said. So I said rates, listen to this, what I said back then. Boy, was I lucky. I said, rates to rise and kill the bull. Everyone was talking about the Fed was going to have to raise rates. And I know, and Marty Swag has written, and you know that when the Fed, you don't fight the Fed. So I said, I went to cash in my trading account. I wrote this on November 23rd, and I showed them an ominous chart. Okay. And then in my university pensions, even though they tell me I'm not supposed to, I still move, move to money market. And believe me, the amount of money I have saved since this is phenomenal. And that's why I do this. So people who have pensions, people who need the money, I'm telling you what I do. You don't have to do it, but you know, I have someone wrote me and and it says, thank you. You saved my pension. Maybe there are people who did that. You know, again, it's always up to the person sitting in your chair as to how you take this information and use it. Okay. I'm a chicken. In a tax deferred account, I can go to cash quickly. It takes nothing to go to cash. I don't worry about re-entering at the bottom. You know how people say you get out, no one's going to tell you to get in? That is silly. That's to scare you in. Look, I'm giving you an example. If I get out of a, a mutual fund or something at $100, and it falls, as long as I get back in below $100, i am fine, and I save myself a lot of stress. In 2000, I got out of my university pension at around 100 and something, and you know that about six months later it was trading in the 30s. That's why I started started teaching because I had all these friends who said, "I'm you know I'm losing my money, I'm losing my pension. What am I going to do?" So anyway, all right. One of the indicators I watch is and T218. This is part of the TC um, 2000 suite. It measures the percentage of New York Stock Exchange stocks that closed above the their simple 40-day moving average. What I tell my students is, watch T2108. When it goes below 10%, don't be scared. Because usually for it to fall below 10%, people, are, people at the market are scared, right? People are selling. But the point is, when it's below 10%, and you start to see any type of strength or whatever, take a little bit of your money and put it into the SPY. Not into a stock, because a stock may never come back. But put it into the... It's S&P 500, and don't put any more in. Average up until it goes up, and it looks like there's a bottom in. So here's the T2108 since it was started. This is a monthly chart. In October 87, it got down to 0.47%. It's never been that low. But look at all the other times we've had bad markets where it gets to. All right? Here's November 08, 1.2%. Here's um, March 2020, it got down to 1.4%. This is when, when you ever get down to like a safe, I said below 10, but you get below five, you gotta be looking to buy something, meaning the market, okay? Here it is on a weekly chart again. So I have a green line that I draw in at 10, okay? And then this is gonna surprise you. And everyone is saying the market hasn't been weak enough, but in May and June of this year, it did get below ten intraday. Didn't hold there. Okay. I don't know. Is the bottom in? I don't know. But I'm just telling you that it did. It did reach a, a low point. Um, if it turns around and goes below ten and goes to five or three, I tell you, I will hold my nose and buy and buy the spy a small amount. Okay. I will. I will. Do not move everything in until much later. Okay. Now I'm going to Nicholas Stavis. In Nicholas Stavis' third book which John talked about. You can still make it in the market. He paid a, he was very proud. He paid a, um, a designer to, to um, design uh, graphically um, what his approach was. His approach was to buy, he called it the box theory. A stock will stay between a range for a while, forming a box, then it breaks out into a new box and a new box and a new box. And you see this gray area? This is where he put his stock. So basically, the stock goes into a new box, forms a, bo- forms a bottom, and he put a stop. And he kept moving his stops up. And by the way, his book, his first book, um, introduced the country, I think, the non-financial people, to stop-loss orders. And it was such a big deal that the it was a it was a bestseller. The book, and it was such a big deal that um, the American Stock Exchange stopped stop orders. Only you could only do them in the New York Stock Exchange. And now you can do them everywhere because they're now run by, by computers. They're not in a specialist book. But anyway, what I want you to know is there are people who think they are following Davis and they're just saying, oh gee, I'll buy something in the next box and I'll buy something in the next box. But there's one, actually two incredibly important things that I think people forget and I did for a while too in the back of his book there were questions and this is the question from a reader from his first edition when you use a historical high as a buy point do you hold literally to the historical high which i call all-time high now or can you buy safely a stock making a new high like a 52-week high for a lesser period for say five years that also shows stepped up volume his answer i strictly adhere to historical high let me tell you this again I strictly will only buy stocks at all time highs. How many people uh, think they're using Davis? Now, let me just tell you, O'Neill, Ryan, um, a lot of people say they love Davis and they they followed it. But a lot of people, even today, I'm watching and they look at bases that are nowhere near the all time high. I'm gonna show you that I don't think that's the way to go, okay? so um keep this in mind the other thing i want to tell you that most people aren't sensitive do you see this this um monthly chart of the dial here's your 29 top here's your big drop in 29 everyone talks about the 29 crash but look what happened after that it it bounced up and then collapsed all the way down to here now the thing i want you to do know is The Dow, you know how people say, oh, the market always comes back? Yeah, sure it does. Can you wait 25 years? Here's when the market came back, the Dow. Okay? So I don't have 25 years to wait. I tell my young people, buy the SPY and you can wait 20 years. You have 20 years, you'll be fine. You'll probably make money. Now, here's the important thing. You see this? Right here? This is when Davis made his fortune. The stock market was at all-time highs, and I'm going to show you that is true now. Last year, the market was hitting all-time highs almost every week or every month, all right? That's when you make all the money, and everyone's expecting to do it when it's not. Well, I'll show you. So that's Stavis, and here's a better thing. The 58 bear market, this is he talks about in the book. He says that this is a bird market. I told my broker, why should I be a why should I be in a market for birds or a bird market? Here's when he made his money. Look at this. And by the way, this is a weekly chart. Do you see this? 30-week average and the 10-week, we're gonna get back to this in a minute. The market was in a stage two uptrend. That's what the genius of Weinstein. Okay? So people don't talk about it. So, you, you know, you think, oh, I'm applying the rules and the approach that Davis did. But you know what? If you're not buying all-time high, you're not in a, a stage two market, you're not applying the, the thing that made, that made Davis money. Okay, next one. So I like this. Um, John didn't mention this book. I'm sure he's seen it. I have this in my library. It's called The Sophisticated Investor. And I love this. I love this um, this quote. There's no magic about buy signals. They are only devices. By which you call, our, by which we call our attention to stocks that have already begun to attract the attention of others. You know, uh, Pat Walker oftentimes says when he looks at his bases, he says, "I want a base that everyone sees because I want everyone to buy." You don't want to be a pioneer in a stock; you want to buy a stock that is already showing evidence that it's under accumulation, that the big guys are buying it. Okay, that's what this is about. All right, now. Introducing green line charts, all right? The requirements for drawing a green line, listen carefully because you, you'd be amazed how many people get this wrong. You do it on a monthly chart. It can show up on other time frames once you do it, but you draw it on a monthly chart. You draw it, you look at a stock, you draw it at the highest price bar. That means the highest monthly bar that once it has not been passed, for three more bars or three more months. So it it is a stock, basically, it is a green line tells you a stock that has reached an all time peak price and then rested for three months or more. Maybe it rests for five years, All right? Now, the only other thing is I sometimes use less for for an IPO. Most of your IPO breaks are like this. The stock goes up, Comes down, forms, goes sideways, and then breaks to an all time high. Okay. Now, where are the green lines on this monthly chart? I'll give you five seconds to think where you would draw them. Okay. First one. Yes. Here's a bar. Wasn't passed for three months. You draw a horizontal line. Okay. Where's the next one? Right here. It, It went above the green line formed the new high and new peak, didn't pass it for three months, there's your second bar. Is this a green line up here? By the way, David did all these. No, it hasn't gone three months after this bar, after this peak bar. You have to have the rest after after the peak bar, okay? So what I'm gonna suggest to you, and again, you don't have to do it, I'm gonna show you how it works buy only stocks that are above their last green line top. Furthermore, if you can buy it at a green line breakout, when it closes above the green line for the first time, that's a great breakout place. I oftentimes will buy it. I will then say, if it closes below the green, and I said close, if it closes below the green line, I get out, it's a failed green line. And by the way, remember I told you the complete turtle trader and I told you, that these people made like 50 or $60 million based on the learning they got from Richard Dennis and Bill Eckhart. Well, basically one of their rules was enter every trade as if it's going to fail. If you, if you do that, then you will know when it has failed, right? And you know what to do. You're ready. Okay. So I want to show you some, and I showed you these last year. So I just want to go, I'm going to go through this really quick. Here's Cisco, one of the great stocks, look at the green lines. Green line breakout, 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 and then it forms a green line top. Guess how many people saw this, bought here, and now are just holding it forever? No, it's got a new green line in it. Get out. Wait for it to go through the green line. All right, that's Microsoft. I mean, that's Cisco. This is Microsoft. Green line breakout, green line breakout, green line breakout, green line breakout, green line, green line, green line green line, green line, green line, green line, green line, green line forms a new top. Do you hold it from 2000 to 2015 until it has a new green line breakout? No, you get out. Apple, look at all the green lines. You can look at these later. You can even do this with gold with commodities. Gold has been under its green line for a long time. All right. I wanted to show you Facebook. Because here's your break. Facebook, I remember when it came public, went up to about 45, came down, spent what? Almost a year doing this? Here's your green line breakout. Another one. All right, I wanna show you um, this is Square, which is now Block, had a green line breakout, it failed. Here's, a, here's the IPO. Here's your green line breakout. Wham! Look at it from 16 to 100. This is a monthly chart. None formed the green line top. All right, so I like to listen to this guy. He has really interesting tweets. His name is Richard Moglin. And um, he said this, and it saved me having to look for it, Richard, in in O'Neill. He said, so the first thing I learned about how to get superior performance is not to buy stocks that are near their lows, but to buy stocks that are coming out of broad bases and beginning to make new highs. Now, that's O'Neill. Now, a lot of people, when they talk about this, they say new highs. Could he? Does does he look for all time highs? When when David was asked this today, he said no. It wasn't didn't have to be a, an all time high. It could just be a new high. I guess a new yearly high. So let's look at the evidence. In April of twenty, these actually I cut them out of the newspaper. April of two thousand twelve. Oh, um, William O'Neill began a new weekly series on the lessons to be f- learned from the market's biggest winners, all right? The new column is called How to Find and Own America's Greatest Opportunities and it appears each Wednesday, okay? So there were a bunch of stocks that he he showed, this is an example. He would show you, by the way, a weekly stock, weekly. You know, sometimes when I look at all these daily charts, I say, oh my God, it's confusing. I know O'Neill did most of his work with weekly charts, Weekly charts are much easier sometimes to see the trend and to know what to do. So th- he would basically, his Home Depot, and he would show um, when he got in, where his base was, here's his breakout. By the way, see this new buy point? It's probably a green line breakout. All right? And then he would add all the way up when it formed new bases, okay? Now, I decided to take as many of these stocks as I could that he had written about and to draw green lines on them. So that's what we're gonna look at, okay? So, Skyline, O'Neill bought it here. But he bought it, first of all, it is above the green line. But if someone had been looking and running a scan on this stock back in sixty, what, 67? Here's your green line breakout. You could have bought it at three. And I'm not criticizing him at all. I'm just trying to show you that the green line breakout worked and the rule about only buying stocks above a green line seemed to work for that one. Okay, notice the relative strength, by the way. All right, next, Home Depot. Well, Home Depot never formed, never formed a green line. It never rested for three months. I, I drew these in Marketsmith as best as I could. And you can see he bought it in 80, in 81 and 82. But here another is an example. Here he is buying a stock at all-time highs that continue to go trade at all-time highs. This is Netflix. Here's your Green Line. Oh, here's your first Green Line breakout. You could have bought Netflix here after the IPO on the Green Line breakout. It did come back to touch, but look, it went from eight to 40, a five-bagger. Then it formed a new Green Line top, broke above it, rode it for a while, then went higher. O'Neill bought it here when it was at an all-time high. Here's Qualcomm, Green Line Breakout. Oh boy, I remember that stock going like that. Here's a Green Line Breakout right here. What I'm trying to tell you is, if you don't have the time and the wisdom and the experience of a Bill O'Neill or David Ryan to go and look at charts every weekend and to look through thousands of charts and to, to try and find the prop of the cup and handle and all that, although David said it wasn't necessary to do that, why not just look for stocks trading at all times highs and that are breaking to them. That's what he's buying. Look at this. Apple green line breakout here went up here. So it did go, did double and then it collapsed formed the new green line. New one here, new one here, new one here, new one here. O'Neill bought. Now here's an example where O'Neill bought before it hit the green line. So again, you have that expertise and you wanna try and do it, you can do it, he did it, I mean, all right? But for the most part, you could wait for the green line and then just get in, all right? Here's um, Walmart. Here's your green line breakout right here, another green line. This is where O'Neill bought it, here, right above the green line breakout. Here's Monster Beverage, which we were looking at. Here's your green line, here's your breakout. What a phenomenal ride from four to 200. Here's Google, Google never formed, Google never formed um, a green line here, it just kept going up. So again, no, no. he bought it out of the IPO base, it was hitting, it was at an all time high and, kept, and he bought it, kept buying it. Here's uh, Chipotle, O'Neill bought it here right after the green line, but he also bought it here. So what I'm saying, and he, by the way, if you were watching Chipotle in 2007, here's your green line breakup, you could have made from 70 to 160 on that, this is long before O'Neill bought it. Here's Microsoft. Look at this phenomenal green line breakout after Microsoft um, came public. By the way, I, um, I was a big uh, Mac nut and I had Mac, I had Macintosh and I noticed that all the machines were using these software from a company called Microsoft. So um, when the day it came public, I think the inside price was 24 and it went right to 40 something. And I, well, first of all, I called my broker and I said, can I get any? And he laughed at me. He says, are you kidding? That's hot. They don't give it to people like you. We give it to big people with deep pockets, big accounts. That's the way it used to be. So it opened at 40 and I said, I missed it. Oh my God. If I had just held it, it was, you know, adjusted for splits. It's not six. It was six then. Look at that. But look at all the places you could buy it. I I couldn't figure out how to draw a green line of Marketsmith, so I did it here like this. Somehow I got it on here. I don't remember how. Here's another green line breakout, okay? Baidu, green line breakout right here. Green line, O'Neill bought it here. It was above this line, but it had come back down. He bought it here. Again, very smart. But here's your next big buy signal is your green line breakout. O'Neill was buying right there. Okay, here's eBay, Green Line breakout right here. O'Neill was buying it here and he also bought it here. All right, Pulte Group, Green Line breakout, Green Line breakout, O'Neill bought it here after the Green Line breakout. Costco, O'Neill bought it all the way down here. He knew this company and there was no rest. Okay, but it's still hitting all time high after all time high, did form a GLB here and he bought some here, but he also bought here and here. Okay, implications, O'Neill bought. Many of these stocks after GLB are in an IPO base. He also bought some stocks before they had reached an all-time high, but all were headed to all-time highs. One way to pick winners is to buy at or after the GLB. Don't waste time, in my opinion, on bases far below the all-time high. The reason is obvious. If you buy a base that's down from the all time high, you got all the people who bought higher, who are waiting to sell. That's overhead supply that's selling how great to buy it. When it breaks through all that, then it's showing this tremendous buying behind it. All right. I wanted to show you, Ollie, that, that, um, David talked about. Here's your first green line breakout in 2016. It, It traveled around the line, but then went up. Okay. Then you had another green line breakout. Look at this. You went from 33 to 100. Now it's got a new green line. So from my perspective, you wait until it goes to 112. All right? You're going to be upset if it goes to 112 and you didn't buy it at 68. I hope not. Because basically, neither David Ryan nor I or anyone else knows if this stock is going to go to 112.99. If it does, go for it. By the way, whenever I draw these, I right click on the line in my TC2000 and I set an alert. So I can watch for the next year, TC2000 will watch it and tell me when it breaks. And then I can decide whether or not to, to do it. And oftentimes I tweet out GLB when it happens. Here's Lily. Everyone is talking about Eli Lilly right now, I think. it's um. Here's your green line. It recently broke its green line top. And now it retested it. And now it's right... Uh, you know, this is at an all-time high last week. Now, I got to tell you this. I have a friend who is a stock buddy of mine for many, many years. And she is what I call a concept trader. She knows the technicals. But before she buys anything, her name is Judy. But before she buys anything, she likes to research the concept. So she emailed me or texted me a few weeks ago. And she said to me, you know, Eric, she said, um, you know what Eli Lilly working on? they're in phase three trials on a new obesity drug that they have found out now helps people to lose weight. It's been tried out on a large number of people. So it's gotten past the early trials and believe it or not, people who take this drug lost an average of 20% of their weight. Now, don't you think that might be a huge concept and a blockbuster drug? So I went and looked and wall street journal has written about it and everything. So, you put this on your watch list. The stocks already hitting an all time high in a market like this. Don't you think it's worth watching? You always want to look. It's like Peter Lynch said this, and I think David said it too. You want to know is there a story? It's like the N and can't slim. Is there a story behind it? Okay. Stocks mentioned by Jim Roppel last week. All right? He bought it in here. By the way, Baidu. He he didn't buy it here. Look at this tremendous green line breakout in Baidu from fifteen to almost fifty. Then it came back down, retested the green line, formed the new green line. Here's where you could have bought Baidu and you know, double or triple your money. Where was he buying it? I think he bought it around $20 a share somewhere in here. So again, if you're a Jim Roppel and you're watching the stock market all the time and you're looking for these bases, you can do this. But you know, when he bought this, he didn't know if it was gonna to go to a green line breakout. He didn't know if it was gonna come back up. You don't know. So why not wait for the event to happen? then you have a much higher probability, I think, of success. All right, this is the other stock he mentioned. LI has a green line top. Again, had a green line breakout here, went from 25 to 50, has been going sideways now. I would wait for it to break the new green line again. All right, this is the other stock he mentioned. Again, DQ, beautiful green line breakout back here in 2020. Look at this green line breakout. This stock took off from 15 to 150, a 10 bagger, right? but now it's below its top green line. I would leave it alone. If it breaks 130, fine. I'll get back in. You want to buy stocks that look like this. They've formed the green line and now are breaking out. Okay. All right. Does this work? In 2008, bottom. Here's the... Look at this. Here's the big drop in the Qs in 2008. All right? Formed like a... You know, retested it here. Now you got this is the 30 week average again. So it's in a stage four downtrend, right? Now all of a sudden you got the 10 above the 30. The thing is just starting to turn around, which means that the queues are higher than they were 31 weeks ago. And he in here, I was watching, and of course I was still posting, and I'm talking about you see here about April, I did this post. I'm just gonna say. This is the post, I did it on April 17th. And what I said, these are a few other stocks breaking out to all time highs. And basically, and I said, GMCR. Basically, you know, this is what I do, I'm doing it now. I'm looking for in a, dot, in a lousy market, what stocks are withstanding it and going to all time highs? Well, turns out GMCR was a 13 bagger. It went, here's your green line. Here's when I, here's when I posted it right here. And it went from here to here. I didn't know at the time, I think Judy told me eventually that, you know, I was buying Keurig. Remember those coffee pod machines? That's what that was, GMCI was bought out by someone, Dr. Pepper or someone, I don't remember who. But all I'm saying is the stock, even after a market, has been in a horrible decline, as it started to move up, this stock broke out and had a GLB early and it turned out to be phenomenal, all right? Now, Weinstein stage analysis, all of you know it. Here's the 30 week moving average, you want to be, you want to be in stage two, not stage four. Take the oath, as he said, you're never going to buy another stock in stage four or hold on to any of your stocks once they move into stage four. Okay, so I tell my students, if all you did is you came to my class once And you heard me say this, and all you did was be in the market when the indexes are in stage two, and you only bought stocks when they're in stage two, you would do better than most people, because most people don't even know this. All right. And um, Stan was a genius to do this. And Richard, the fact that you are having a lecture, a course with him is just amazing. People should really go and listen to him. This guy has been doing this probably as long, if not longer than I have. You need to listen to these people, you know, when Jared talked, he said, um, let's see, he said, of the traders, only 5% were under age 25. All the people I teach are under age 25, you know, but, and then he said only 3% were seven year older. That's like me and Stan, you know, um, and, you know, we're not as good at the IT and everything and as, as everyone else is, but we have 70 years of experience in good and bad markets to share. And that's what I think you're going to get from Stan. And I, I urge you to do it. Okay. Introducing yellow band stocks. I talked about this um, last year, but I've moved ahead with it. And I think this is very important. And it's up to you if you do. Okay. Here's Taser. You know, Taser went to 21 in 02 went all the way down here to three and a quarter. All right. Now I didn't have the green line breakout GLB set up then, but I did know from having seen another stock book many years ago in the seventies, I saw a stock book of monthly charts. And I saw this thing that there would be stocks that would go up forming a a peak, go down and then break through that peak, which is a GLB to, to new highs. So this is a GLB here. And most people would say, oh my God, I'm not gonna buy a stock that went from three to 21. That's too high. Well, you know what? It went up sevenfold, right? And then after it broke out, it went up sevenfold again. David Ryan and Nicholas Davis both said they like to buy stocks that have already doubled. Isn't that kind of amazing? You know, in psychology, I'm a research psychologist, you know, you learn that people's past behavior is the best prediction of the future behavior. It's true with stocks in a way, you know? If I find a stock that's already been bought up, in other words, people have valued it enough so that it doubled, there's a good chance if it breaks out, it's gonna double again, all right? So here was, I I drew this many years ago before I really had computers, and I drew this yellow line here. Basically, here's your 30-week average, so right, it's a stage two right students? It's all a stage two. All right. Here's the closing price of the stock, the weekly close. And here's the 10 week average. You've heard a lot of people, you know, John talked about how everyone likes the 50 day average. Well, the 10 week average is similar. It's correlated, but let me just remind you something. The 10 week average averages 10 prices. Like if it's Fridays, the 10 Fridays, right? Whereas the 50-day average is 50 prices. The extent that the 50 daily prices differ from the Friday prices, the one-week prices, it'll be give you a different number. So just so you know that, okay? So, here, I told you about yellow band stocks, and I said this is the this is the pattern of growth stocks, and I showed you Amazon. This was in you know what it looked like. Again, this is a green line breakout, by the way, um, and I showed you Baba. And In- Inogen and Square. Oh, by the way, I wanted to show you this it's chart. You see this? Here's your, here's your green line breakout here on Square. Look at the huge volume. Doesn't have to keep going. It will sometimes, some stocks find a lot of support. All the people who miss this, you know, it comes back down. The people who missed this breakout, they buy it here. It goes sideways and then it moves up. So that could, so not every 10 week, not every GLV is gonna just take off, okay? But you don't want it to close below the green line. Next, here's Zoom. Everyone talks about Zoom. It was a, look, yellow band. I can't get into this with you now, but the third moving average that I show, you see this? this is the four week. One of my scans A stock that's really climbing will have the four week above the 10 week above the 30 week. And what I want you to notice here is you notice a stock that is in a yellow band uptrend, a stock that's doing that and having a major advance will just ride the four week average until it doesn't. Look at here. Look. Okay. Here's. Tesla, yellow band stock. Look at it, riding the four-week average. Okay? Riding the four a little bit. Riding the four-week average here. It's something to look at. Then all of a sudden, your four-week average comes below the 10. Not a good sign. Okay? You're now, the yellow band is over. All right? So, Peloton, same thing, yellow band. So, Generac. People have been talking about it because everyone's trading. The ones who have made money have made money trading these... These great ferocious stocks, look at this trend. By the way, um, my friend Judy pointed this out to me and it works more times than it not. As long as the stock is following in an uptrend, the four week, it's fine. If you get a gap like this, it oftentimes will at least not necessarily be the end of the rise, but the stock is extended. Okay, look at here, it's extended here, comes back to the red extended here comes back. I suggest you look at this on your stocks, because it's really good. Because if if I'm looking at a stock, and I'm thinking I want to buy it, I'll look at the weekly chart. And if it opened up, such that it's way above the four week average, I know it's extended and I won't buy it anyway. So that was the yellow band stocks. Now I'm introducing today, I have had it in my blog for a while, the weekly 1030 charts. So what I plot is the 10 week average, the 30 week average, and then the weekly close. How do you get the weekly close? All that is, is a moving average of one. And it just shows you each week's close. These charts enable one to see the primary trend. At least it enables me. You're getting rid of all the all the extra stuff and all the prices and all the bars and everything. And you can. I think you can really see. They do not, however, indicate when to buy or sell. That's when you have to get in the stuff that, That um, like David Ryan does and and Jim Rappel, where you try and figure out where the where's the low risk entry. I'm not going to do that today. I did that last year. Some of it. Okay, but what it does is it shows you. The trend and it, you know, should I get into this? Should I go long? Maybe not at this time, but should I be in it or should I be shorted or should I be out? Look at these charts. I just love these. Here's the cues. All right, so written in very light is the closing price each week. Notice, early in 2020, when the queues close below the 30-week, that is your first warning sign. Notice that since it came back above, and by the way, this is one of your early indicators that maybe the trend is changing. You're back above the 30-week average and it's rising, right? Notice that since this time and this time, the queue is never the weekly close was never below the 30 week. How about that? Look at that. That's when you make money, and the 10 is solidly above the 30 until here. So here's your warning sign right here. It's closing below the 30, and then the really bad sign is this. So this is where we are now. That's not a stage two, that's not an uptrend. That's not yellow band, whatever you wanna call it. This is a downtrend, leave it alone. Now look at at the S&P 500, exact same thing. Closes below the 30, comes back, 30 goes up, your 10 is above the 30. You could have ridden this sucker for a whole year as many people did. Then look what happened, early 2022, you're below the 30, in the 30, You know, this, the price leads the moving averages down. Do you really want to ride this? You know, Pat says, Pat Walker has said, you should be able to see it be so simple that a 10-year-old could see it. I think you could teach a 10-year-old this, that this is what you ride and this is what you don't ride. I think a 10-year-old would understand it. I don't understand how people got wrecked by some of these stocks when they broke down, like Peloton, look at this. Here's your Peloton, beautiful. Look at this, now it closes below the 30, comes down. By the way, it's perfect time to short. For those of you who are in your IRAs, you can't short because you need margin, but you can buy put options if you want. I have bought put options in my IRA, okay? So look at this, is anyone holding this? I don't know. Did Kathy Wood finally get out? I'm not sure. Look at Zoom. Look at Art. Oh, this is Kathy Wood's ETF. Look at this. You know how many people are throwing money into this? Why? Because they hope. It's sort of like what Kramer sometimes says they buy and hope. They're hoping it'll come back. You know what? Instead of hoping, buy things that look like this. Next. Here's gold. Gold again. People, at one point, gold was fantastic. Now look at it. All right. NVIDIA, I put this in because people were talking about NVIDIA a little while ago today. Here's what NVIDIA looked like. Look at this. Price never came close to the 30 week. Then look what happened right here. January closed below it. All right. 10 week coming down. All right. It's below it. So here's a whipsaw here, but the 10 week is still below the 30. And now look at it. All right. I wanted to just show you this is Fidelity Contra Fund, which invests in growth stocks you can apply the same thing to growth, to, to mutual funds. All right, all right. Now, I've never shown this to anyone, but I, I did this was fun because Richard, I saw your analysis. I think you did an analysis of, of, um, of Mark Minervini's, um trades during this recent thing that he did, recent championship. Now, Mark Minervini in 97 won it with 155% gain. And most recently he won it with 334.8% gain. Now he is a marvel. I think, by the way, Mark Menavini is today's today's modern Nicholas Davis. He's brilliant. If you can take his workshop, it is well worth it. When I went there, I said he taught in three days, what it takes me 14 weeks to teach people in 42 hours. Anyway, and he teaches a lot more than that, by the way. So I thought I would look at this in terms of what we just said. So. How did the market look when he won these two championships? Remember what I showed you about Davis? The market was at all time highs. That's when you get the big, big gains. In 97, this is the Q's. The Q's had had a green line breakout here. This is the period when he was trading in that 97. The market had gone to all time highs. Oh, I'm sorry. The market had gone to all time highs, right? Had a little blip down here, all right? And then returned up and actually went to all time highs again. So he was trading in a market where it was hitting all time highs That it had green line breakouts, not taking away anything, he beat everyone. But I'm just saying that his performance was probably determined largely up by the, st- to the market. What did he do last year? Oh my God, look at this. Green line breakout of Q's here. Look at the green line. Look at this, this, this the market. You know what it was doing all last year, look at that. This is when he traded, when he made 338% from here to here, all right? I think he probably picks a great time to enter the contest to be honest with you. <laughs> So Mark replying to someone who had analyzed, it wasn't to you, Richard, someone who had analyzed um, um, his performance said, why don't you look at these entry points of these stocks and see if you see anything sticks out? What do these have in common? So I looked at this with the indicators that I'm talking about, all right? And what I found was, here's where he bought Apple, Apple had had a GLB, was near its new high, okay? He bought it here, the 10 week, this is 10 week, 10 week is above the 30 weeks, he's in a stage two and he bought it right here. You can see why he would bought it. You see the BCP, the contraction here? He bought it right here. But what I'm telling you is he bought a stock in a stage two uptrend that was near, that had been hitting all time highs. Look at Moderna, he bought it here. This is even better, Clara, look. Moderna had hit a green line breakout here. The 10 week is above the 30. He bought it here. He bought strong stocks at all time highs. Here's Sky. Look at this. He bought it around here. Again, 10 above the 30. Now, be honest with you, I could buy these and I would probably get whipped saw to get out. He, he had a way of buying it and, and getting his gain and keeping it. I'm not taking that away from him. But I'm just showing you, he bought a lot of stocks near at all-time highs. Here's, a, here's Nucor. He bought Nucor here. Look at the Green Line breakout. It was at all-time highs. He bought Pence here, right here. Again, 10 above the 30, everything rising. All-time uh, After a Green Line breakout, it was near all-time highs. It had formed the base. So he bought it before it broke out again. He bought it right here. But it was going toward, it did go afterwards to all time highs. All right. So my answer looking at this, all five stocks have their 10 week averages above their rising 30 week averages, and were above their last green line tops or approaching one. By the way, in his first book, Mark spends a good part of one of the chapter going over stage analysis. So this is not surprising. You might not hear him talk about it as much, but he's buying stocks In a stage two, the 10 is above the 30 and he's buying really strong companies that are hitting, reaching all time highs. Okay, so boy, I've raced through and I actually got through this. All right, so what I thought I would do is now pull up, TC2000, because I use this, I've been using this 20 plus years and I teach my students how to use it. And I also, I'm learning Marketsmith, but I, you could do a lot of this in Marketsmith maybe, but I don't know how to do it all. Okay. So basically what I wanted to show you is, can you see this? Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's maximized. Perfect. It's fine. All right. So I have the scan. So this, this is a scan of about almost 8,000 stocks. In fact, I'll give you the exact number: 7,429 stocks. Okay. And what I do is is. I scan it for these conditions. And I'm going to try and, um, let me see, I'm going to try and, and do this quickly. But I think people who are copying the screenshots or who see the thing can, if they have TC2000, they can do it. The first one is, The relative strength is at a 50-week high. That means that the stocks, this is one of the stocks. Do you see this is the relative strength line here? It's at the the highest it's been in 50 weeks. So the relative strength is the highest line, is the highest it's been in 50 weeks. The stock is now within 7% of its highest it's been daily of its 100 100 days. Okay? I'm switching in between time frames here. I want the... 10-week average, it's weekly to be greater than the 30-week average. And this is obvious for what I was just showing you. The 10 is above the 30. I wanted that. I want the price. This is the key. With TC2000, you can't write a formula that says something about a price longer than the stock that existed. So if you have a, stock, a company that came out in the past year and you said, look at the stock um, two years ago, it, it returns a null result. You can't do it. However, there is this condition built into TC000 called price history, new high. And that I have it set to a 250 month high anytime within the last three months. So what I'm saying is this stock had to have hit an all time high within the last three months. Then I want the close to be above $20. I don't want cheap stocks. And because I got some garbage stocks, I I said that volume had to be greater than 10,000. Okay, all I gotta do is click scan These are the stocks, okay? 13 stocks came up, all right? I'm just gonna click through them real quick, all right?
0: We're pausing for a brief moment to let you guys know that this podcast is also brought to you by TraderLine Private Access. If you're looking for mentorship and a guide for your trading journey, you should look no further. At TL Private, we focus on teaching you a sustainable, risk-focused growth investing system that you can take and make your own. Unlock exclusive resources, courses, and educational opportunities and learn more at TraderLine.com private access.
1: Here's our friend Eli Lilly. All right. Now this stock has not hit an all time high yet. So you know what I do? If I haven't drawn it in, I draw it in and I right click on it and I say set alert and I say GLB and I say for a year, okay, it will text me and send me a message anytime the stock trades above its GLB. Look at this, Merck. Another one that hasn't hit the hasn't hit it yet, and Humana. All right? Now, what I what you need to know is this is 13 stocks past this scan out of 7,800. That's not a lot of great stocks. All right? So These these setups may not work in a down market, in a weak market like this. However, there's something very important here I want you to see. You see how many stocks here have a blue flag? A blue flag means that the stock appeared in one of my watch lists from Marketsmith 250 or the IBD 50. All right. So I continually add stocks to this watch list and I flag them so that when I do a scan, I know immediately this stock had probably some good fundamentals and technicals according to investors.com. Okay. And then, so I find it, well, think about that. 80 It's 86% of the stocks that meet this scan were already shown up in IBD or investors.com lists and You know i didn't know anything about this stock musa right you probably can't see this can you no yeah can you no all right in today's paper just came ibd the number one stock in ibd 50 is musa i kid you not furthermore they have a section called spotlights which are you know good powerful stocks that you consider and you got Merck, I believe, is on it, and I believe Lily is on it. And I'm just telling you, they know how to pick stocks. So I'm just using this to, to get the setups that I want, okay, from their stocks. The other thing I want to show you, I want to show you one stock that came out in this with Cigna. Cigna came out. It had a green line breakout right here. But look, it failed. So I had it, and I sold it. And now I have to decide, do I want to buy it back? Because sometimes it comes back above the green line, and it's a good buy. Now, the nice thing about this technique is you buy it back above the green line, closes back below, you sell it with a small loss, okay? I wanted to show you another stock. I told you about Lilly, um, all right? So, look, it comes up. Here's your huge green line breakout. Look at the volume, massive green line breakout. And now it's going sideways, forming like basically another base. So is this stock worth looking at? Well, what I do, you don't just buy a stock because of its movement. You got to learn about it. You got to learn about its concept, the whole thing. So I basically open up Well, I did it with Murphy first. Can you see this?
0: Yep. We can
1: look at Murphy. It's it's um sale its earnings last quarter up 200 percent. It's um its sales are up 45 percent. Okay, it it has a little bit of funds buying it. You know this is the value that I use for MarketSmith. Its composite rating is 99, so it's worth considering. It has a small float, 22 million. But let me look at LNTH. Holy cow! Look at this. The estimated earnings for this year are going to be up 500%. Look at the earnings last quarter in the sales. This is the type of huge stock that O'Neill says, in a sense, to buy in terms of fundamentals. He says, go for the best. You go for triple digit increases. Don't buy by companies that aren't going to earn money. I don't know if the stock is going to make it, but I sure would watch it and put it on my, put it on my watch list. Okay. Now. I wanted to show you another thing before I wrap it up. Um, I have a I have this um, watch list called World World ETFs, basically. All right, and I decided it has. I have to take the scan off because the scan doesn't pick up anything with this. Okay, now I'm going to go through this quickly, and I want to show you something. This is the weekly 10:30. And this is going to show you how the rest of the world is doing. It includes the U.S. too. Here's Qatar. 10 is below 30. Here's uh, Mexico. Here's uh, United Kingdom. Here's Canada. Here's uh, the spy, the U.S. Here's Israel. Here's um, Thailand. Um, Chile is the one that's still above. But if you look at where the index is here, it's le- this 10 is coming below the 30. It's way down there. All right? Here's uh, Malaysia, um, Turkey, South Africa, Peru, um, Australia, Spain, China, which is starting to turn up, but it still doesn't look good to me. France, Hong Kong, Europe. Um, I don't know what this is. China again. Um, India. Um, this is a, the EAFE. I don't know what it stands for. Japan, Singapore, Taiwan, Belgium. Uh, but whatever, China, um, India, almost there. Let me just go through the rest. Austria, you get the idea. You know, we tend to look at what the spy is doing, what the U.S. is doing. The whole world is in, is having trouble in their stock markets. Egypt, China, um, Sweden, Germany, South Korea, China, 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 Qatar again. Okay, so... The whole world markets are not in stage two uptrends. They're all in downtrends, not to depress you, you know? So, the takeaways I hope you you took from my presentation is you can track the market trend. You can go to my blog and look at the GMI. I did not talk about, about the IBD market pulse I always check that every night. You wanna know what the experts at Investors.com and MarketSmith are saying about the market. Expect a market bottom when T2108 falls below 10%, unless it's already in. Scan for true market leaders among stocks that are having a green line breakout are above it. Finally, before pulling the trigger, Look at the weekly 10-30 chart. I can't imagine how anyone would trade anything without looking at those two moving averages because that's actually the three with the close. That will tell you whether you're on the right side of the trend. Okay? Finally, every class that I taught, I would acknowledge David and I would not acknowledge the students. I I would acknowledge you first. You might think I'm important. I'm not important at all. It's the people who are listening. And Richard, I wouldn't have anything if you weren't here, okay, today. So thank you for being here and thank you for listening. I apologize for rushing through this. I didn't know if I could do it in time, but I'm actually making it on time. Finally, the last thing that we would do in the class, David would turn to the students and he would say, learn courageously, live long, prosper, and give back. With that, I thank you.
0: Perfect, Dr. Wish. thank you so much. Uh, there's a ton of, of thank yous in the chat coming up. So, uh, you know, an amazing presentation. And thank there are definitely a, a few questions here. First, about the specifics of, of how you actually buy a green line breakout. Um, if you could talk about the time frame that you're looking at, as well as the volume requirement, I think that would be great to talk about.
1: Well, um, I, if I find that a stock is having a, t- a green line breakout today because I got a text from TC2000, can I bring it back up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, TC2000 has this amazing thing. You see this volume buzz? You know this Richard. Basically, I will pull up the stock and what the volume buzz does is it tells you, it compares the volume of whatever you're looking at at that time of the day to an average. I think it's maybe the past 30 day average. So I wanna see if the, if the GLB is occurring today, I'll go to the volume buzz. I don't like to look at it first thing in the morning because it's not, it's not stable. I will look at it and I will like to see up 50, 60 or 100%. That gives me um, more, um, more uh, faith that it's actually real that people are buying and, t- and taking it. If I missed it, it all depends what it did afterwards, you know, and, and how far, remember if my rule is that I have to sell if it falls below, if it closes, remember, I didn't say falls. I said, if it closes below the green line, then I got to know how big a risk that's going to be. You know, how big a loss, because I don't want big losses. Right. And um, if I missed it, I missed it. Okay. But what you can do then is once you miss the green line breakout, you follow that stock on the weekly and wait for it to bounce off of that four week, I want the full week above the ten, above the thirty, and wait for it to bounce above that. Let me see if I can show you. Um, oh, I'm in the wrong place.
0: Yeah, you're at the ETFs.
1: Yeah, so I gotta go to um, um, oh, my combo. Okay, combo list. This is a combo list of U.S. and and foreign. And if I go to this, all right. And if I look at this, if I miss it. Like I missed this. Okay. But this is just bounced it. So I might consider buying it. You see these green bars. This is the green bar means that the four week was above the 10 was above the 30 and it was below the the four and closed above it. So sometimes I will look for a stock that if it's above the green line that is now having a green bar and I'll, I'll buy it and put the stock right below the green bar. So this is an example, but I would prefer to have the four week above it. Let me see L N T H. Um, Here's an example. Four is above the 10, is above the 30, right? I missed it. Here is a uh, bounce off of the four. It's a green bar. Here's another, here's another, here's another, where I might consider buying it, all right? I actually can do this. Let me see if I, I'll pull this up for a minute. If I go here and I pull up my green, let us see, my green bar screen right here. These are all stocks near, These are all having a, well, pull up the same stocks. They're all having a, notice they're all having a green bar. So they're bouncing up above the four. So for me, potentially, you you could buy this and either put the stop. I don't like it since it's right on the green bar. I don't think I'd want to put the stop right below here. I just wait to see if it closes below. But anytime you have a green bar for a stock that's rising, look at the green bars. It's a perfect way to buy. It's a good setup. I wasn't going to go into setups today. Look at the green bar here. And then when it closes below the four, that's a warning sign. Okay. But if you look at something like Tesla, when it was climbing, look at this. Four above the 10, above the 30. Notice the green bars. One, two, three, four. Then remember what I told you when it gets way above the four? That's a warning sign. Came back down. Same here. Got way above the four. It came back down. I would urge people to take what I'm saying, put it on their charts, put these things on their charts and see how it would affect, help them. If it won't help you, it won't help you. It's, if it helped you use it, you know? Okay. I hope that answered the question. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, there's also a question about once you're in a sustained trend after you've bought a GLB, it's progressed well, uh, what, what kind of signals would tell you to get out of the stock? When would you ultimately well, sell it, sell a position? It's,
1: you know, it's sort of like what we did with, um, um melaton you know when you look at if you're buying it put this so if you've gotten into a stock like this and you've ridden it then all you got to do is watch for it to close below the 30 and get out assuming you got in somewhere in here you know what i mean um and then there are all other setups you could uh, certainly if it closes below the 50 uh it's a real bad sign which is sort Mm of you know um which is this the 10 week Um, like people say, I mean, you have to look, you can look at volume, you can look at all different things. That's where the art comes in. Um, I can tell you, you know, where the trend is and what gives you the odds of, of making money, but boy, it's, this is a tough business. I want to say one other thing that I have forgotten to tell people. I once went to an IBD meetup and we had this really nice guy running the show and he was showing us Apple. And he put up a chart and he said, every time this happens, I buy this and I do this, and I do this. And he was making, it was working out every time. And what occurred to me, I didn't say this to him. What occurred to me was, is, do you know, if all I had was a rule to buy it every Friday, I would have made money. In other words, stocks that are like this, like Peton here, you could buy it on almost anything and make money. And that's the problem that I have, not the problem, that's the risk. When you look at all these models of winning stocks, what they are showing you is the times that the setups worked. They don't show you the times the setups didn't work. And very few people talk about that. And what's very important for people new to this to know is you can have these wonderful setups, but they may fail a lot. And the only thing you can do is to protect yourself by always having an exit exit rule that's going to result in a loss you can tolerate and keeps you in the game in a sense.
0: Absolutely. And, and there was a question earlier along those lines, what do you find the success rate of a green light breakout to be?
1: I don't know. I would love someone to do it, but don't forget it's going to, it is going to, to vary with the strength of the market. If you have a market that isn't in a strong uptrend, like we had last year, I was buying those types of stocks and I was buying stocks off of bounces and it was working out nicely but now it doesn't work. You know, I still am tempted sometimes to buy something like, as I told you, like Cigna, CI, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Lily. but you know, I keep very close stops right now because lots of times they don't work out. But you know what, when this market does finally turn and it will eventually, these, these methods will work beautifully.
0: Perfect. And there's also a question about if the stock has already run quite a bit, you know, for a number of weeks before approaching a green line, will you wait for some, to see some type of consolidation or will you still buy a green line breakout if it's already extended from an earlier buy point, maybe lower down uh, in a base?
1: Uh, You gotta look at it and see how, you know, people say it's good to have a little bit of consolidation, you know, around the green line, a little contraction. Um, I, I can't, I can't tell you now if look, if a stock is going well and the volume is up and it's been moving and it can finally break through the green line, that means it's breaking through a top an all time high that hasn't been surpassed for at least three months. That's a phenomenal signal. So, you know, you don't go in all at once. You go in with a little and see how, it how, see, you know, everyone says you go in and you see after the trade, how does it, how does it, um, how does it um, function? I mean, I think Mark Minervini is always saying that he knows he knows his method so well And he only has like a single method that he specializes in that he knows when a trouble signal is when it's not acting right, you know, and you're going to have to learn that and you're going to have to teach yourself that. And one other thing, when Mark Minovini came to my class and at the end of his class, he, he, um, I said to him, do you use any indicators or stuff? And he said, no, I don't, because I can look at a chart and I can just see right away, um, You know what's going on and i guess my point is i didn't tell him this but i'm saying it now that works for someone like him who's been doing it for many many years and he's been fine-tuning us but when you're trying to teach people how to see patterns having these indicators like the indicators i have on this chart right now are really helpful for teaching people and having them learn how to um, visualize um, the trend and and supply and 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 um, resistance Perfect.
0: And I I know you covered this in your first presentation, so we can just redirect people there, but are there a couple of questions about your green, uh, green dot column, uh, and what that signifies?
1: Yeah. Let me see if I, oh, see in a down, in a downtrending stock like Peloton, the green dots don't mean anything. The green dot basically shows when this fast, slow fast stochastic, the red is crossing the blue. All right. However, If you look in an up, I don't know if I can find it when it was still in an uptrend. You can see times when it helped. Uh, It's not in a great uptrend then. What do I got in an uptrend now? Um, L-M-T-H maybe. All right, look at the green dot here. Look at the green dot here. Look at the green dot here. Doesn't always work. But basically, when you have a stochastic, this is the 10-4 stochastic, the 10-4-4. When it gets down really low, so it's really oversold, and then it crosses, oftentimes that's a great signal. And then notice it's also costing the 30 and the 21 exponential too. But I liked the green dot, and I also have the black dot, which is based on the 10-1 stochastic because, believe it or not, I wish I could show you some stocks where it happened, but most, Most rises begin from an oversold stochastic, like the 10-1 being really low, uh, here. So I'm always looking at those, the stochastics, and I'm also looking for, you see this? This is the Bollinger Bands, the 15-2, 15 average, two standard deviations above and below the average. You see this green? That green bar means that the stock traded below the lower Bollinger, and closed up within it. So look at this here, see that there, these are all setups that I have developed and used, and this is what I teach my students basically, you know, here's an example, look at the green bar here. People don't use some, I don't like to use a whole lot of indicators, but something like a a Bollinger band set to 15 and two for me really is a good point of where is a stock maybe going to stop if it goes outside the band and where is it maybe going to bounce because it got below the band but what i urge people to do again is don't trust me don't do what i say put these things on your charts and go back over your positions and see if it would have helped you you know the final thing i like to look at though this is my relative strength versus relative strength of the spy versus the 30 period moving average of it i like this red to be above the blue and Something that my friend Judy taught me, which really works. Well, you see the MACD histograms. When it's red, it means that your fast, your fast, um, your fast moving averages are below the slower. Okay, but look, you don't have to know that. All you got to know is when you see these rising, it's showing strength. Look at the fact that at a time when this stock was going flat or going side, the histograms were getting stronger until it finally went black and went positive. Okay, look at that. So I look at that too, and it's especially good on an hourly chart.
0: Perfect. Okay? And Dr. Wish, I think we've got time for one last question. So oh, wow. of, yeah, uh, we're right there. Uh, I just like to ask what kind of general advice you have for all the traders uh, listening, maybe they're new to the markets, this is their first huge bear market. What advice from your fifty well, years plus of experience? I thought you're gonna ask
1: me my favorite saying. I gotta oh, tell you my I well, gotta tell me. you my favorite saying from William O'Neill, all go stocks ahead, ahead. are bad unless they're going up. And my own personal favorite saying for me is every loss takes me to the new game. Okay? I would urge everyone who is having trouble or who's learning, whatever, to go and first read Nicholas Stavis's book study it. I read it almost once a year and then go and read O'Neill. And if you want the modern version, read Minervini's two books. Okay. And they will help you to learn and go, go to Minervini's workshop if you can do it. I'll tell you the one thing though, when I went in 2016, I met Minervini. I met, remember Ehrman who presented? I met him there. It was a great place to meet traders. Now you're all online. So I don't, I don't, I, I would love to have it back in Myrtle Beach where where, uh, Mark lives again. Um, And I've tried to to tell people that they don't have to trade. Sometimes people do this in my class and I say, it's fine If if you're lousy at it and you don't like it, that's great, then just don't do it. Look how much money you save. And it's the same thing here. If you're not good at it and you really don't have the staying power, then you know maybe you learn you learn just the stage analysis and you go into your um, mutual fund or your spy um, during a stage 2 and you protect it and you you know and you you do other things. If you really want to learn this, you got to study, you got to take a lot of time, you got to do the reading and then you got to study study your mistakes. People every great trader has said and I did this too. Is after you've got through a set of set of especially a set of losses, go and write where you got in and where you got out, and it will tell you what you're doing wrong. Hopefully, you're going to see a pattern. I saw a pattern. I was buying, I was I was buying at 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 at, at resistance and selling at support, and I reversed, you know, and, and it worked out really well. You've got to do that. There's a story about Livermore saying that he used to get on spend on uh, New Year's Eve in the bank vault with all of his records. I don't know if this is true, but they said with all of his records going over all his trades. Um, and I especially like, I didn't have the slide to show you that, what some people did when, but I, I have a slide that shows the researchers at Harvard did a study of, of people who over their lifetime and what was most important to, it, to them and it came out to be their relationships. So I think as David say, promote your relationships. The rest will come and, um, and 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 you can have a good life. You know what I mean? And this is a crazy game. It's tough and never get, oh, I gotta tell you one other thing. I, I remember um, holding in the nineties Yahoo when it went to 400 and I was making a ton of money. And then one day it happened like what David said. I just looked at it and I had made so much money and my little voice in my head said, this is too easy. Whenever that little voice says, this is too easy, I sell. I mean it, I sell. Because it means the things that I, the thing that I bought went far beyond where I ever could have expected and, and I got to sell. And um, the, oh, one other thing, just so you know, because a lot of people say, can you take my class? I even have faculty who say that. Um, after, when I start, I'm actually stepping down from running the research center on January one. And I'm taking a sabbatical, so to speak, and I'm going to try and finish the book I started in the 90s when I was trading and making money. And um, I'm going to come back in the fall, teach my course. And then I've been talking to the university about offering my course, a version of my course for non-credit to the public. And if that happened, it would be, it would be wonderful. The, the proceeds we would charge and the proceeds would go um, to the center to promote financial literacy education. If I ever do that, and it's gonna take a while for me to do that, I will post it on my blog. I, you can post, find it on my Twitter account. And I, of course, um, I'm sure Richard that you will yeah, advertise it.
0: Absolutely. Well, Dr. Wish, uh, we're, we're right on time. So thank you once again. It's a pleasure having you back on. It's like being back in class, which I enjoyed uh, all those years. So thank you so much. I'm sure everybody did as well watching And we'll be right back with Justin Nielsen. So take care and we'll be back. Thank you so
1: much. Goodbye, everyone.
0: Yep.